This is Casey Hendrickson on News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I know you're surprised to hear this, but Governor Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan is lying to you. And we will get to that here in just a couple of minutes. We've also got some new peer-reviewed studies that have come out about COVID that are challenging the standard narrative from the media and politicians. We'll get to that here in just a couple of minutes. But first, I got to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. So Governor Whitmer says that cases started to spike in Michigan after the Supreme Court struck down her COVID order, which is, of course, not true. And the, there wasn't this immediate end to people who were adhering to the guidelines anyway. But it's, also, it's again, it's complete fallacy. It is not true. If only there was a, I don't know, uh, public information database that you could go to to take a look at what the daily numbers were. You know, like the Michigan dashboard, which tells you this stuff. Yeah. First, I want to start with the University of Michigan. Now, the University of Michigan has just said that they they want they have issued a stay-at-home order or a stay-in-your-residence order. They they want to stop the spread of the virus. Now, the University of Michigan began having a, a major campus outbreak September sixth. So, from September sixth all the way through October, they have had. A major surge in cases. Now, the Supreme Court of Michigan ruled against uh, Whitmer. What was that? October 12th, I think it was? Right around there? But you had a, a surge in cases starting. And I'm taking it from the first spike. Because you had a relative even amount. You had a couple of days where it was up a little bit. And then it just started going up. And that happened at the beginning of September. Uh, if you wanted to include the two previous weeks that go back to August 23rd, you can, because those were two weeks that were much higher than we had had going back to March. So from March to August, the University of Michigan had relatively small number. And then all of a sudden, it spikes back up starting at the end of August. And again, for a couple of weeks there, it stayed you know, right at 39 to 40 cases. And then it jumped to 70, 125, 278, 156, 225, 337. You get the gist. So that, there's been an outbreak that has been brewing at the University of Michigan long before the Michigan Supreme Court was even taking a look at Governor Whitmer's order. So obviously, there was something happening in the state before the Supreme Court. Now, just for the sake of argument, let's go and take a look at daily cases on the Michigan State dashboard, shall we? Now, I went back just to September 14th. So we've got September 14th, which is about a month before the Supreme Court ruling, to now. Well, wouldn't you know it, they started to have a spike before the Supreme Court made their ruling. Huh. Very strange. The spike actually started on the 21st of September. So that is three weeks before the Michigan Supreme Court made their decision against Governor Whitmer. But Governor Whitmer, in the the ever-exhausting pursuit of blaming somebody else, 
has decided that it was the Michigan Supreme Court that has caused a spike. Nope, we started to see the spike happening on the 21st of last month. And that spike continued. There's another spike on the 28th. Eh, drop back down again. And then there's another spike on October 5th. Now, October 5th is where the big spike started to happen. So you had this between, you know, 530 to 780 cases per day throughout September. And then all of a sudden you get to 925 on the 21st of September, right? And then it just kind of, eh, hymns and haws, hymns and haws. And then you get 1,005 on the 28th of September, right? And it's kind of hovering around there. And then all of a sudden on October 5th, you get 1,275 cases. Now, this is, again, a spike that began back in September before the Michigan Supreme Court made their ruling on Governor Whitmer's executive powers for the pandemic but here's governor whitmer she's running around telling everybody that the only reason that there is a spike is because of the michigan supreme court all right can you explain this one to why is it that since october 14th the ruling was on the 12th let's play governor whitmer's game shall we the ruling was on october 12th so October 12th was the big day for spikes, right? It was 1,419 cases. So it's almost like the virus knew the Supreme Court was going to go that way. Now, keep in mind, this is delayed data. So that spike actually happened before then. So on the 12th, the 13th, and the 14th, you had these three really big days of a spike in COVID. But then on the 15th, it goes down. And then the 16th, it goes down. And the 17th, it goes down. And the 18th, it goes down. And on the 19th, it went up a little bit. But then it went back down again on the 20th. And now it's way down now. So why is it that since the Supreme Court ruling, governor, why is it that since the Supreme Court ruling in the state of Michigan have cases, on average, daily cases, declined to levels that are less than September. Should we go back a little bit further? Can we, can we want to go back to August? Let's go back to August 1st. Let's do it. Why not? <clears throat> the current numbers that we have in Michigan, okay? The current numbers that we have in Michigan are on par with what we saw in September and in August. Huh. No doubt there was a little spike. Hey, what happened again that we were told was going to cause a spike? What was what was that? What was that thing that was going on? Some some like calendar holiday or something? Was it? Oh yeah, Labor Day. Hmm. So we have a period of a couple of weeks. <laughs> a couple of weeks where you have the predicted spike that we predicted before the holiday. You have two weeks where you have big, big numbers. And then all of a sudden it drops back down to what it was before. Exactly as predicted before we went into the Labor Day weekend. So like I said, Governor Whitmer is straight up lying to you. If only you 
The citizens, you mere plebs, if only you had access to a free government website where you could look at all of this data that I just told you. I'm not using any magic crystal balls on you, okay? But Governor Whitmer, who's out there telling you that cases have only spiked since the Supreme Court ruling against her, that is a straight-up lie, period, end of story. And I'm staring at it right now on their website run by the governor herself. It's right there in plain old blue and purple ink because they don't use black and white. These blue and purple because black and white is probably racist, according to her. Um, and if you look at the death rate, uh, right now, the deaths that we're seeing are on par with August and September. So, again, there's a bit of a spike that happened there uh, in the first couple of weeks of October. But, you know, it's the, the worst day was 23. But you go all the way back to June. And that's where we were having major, major deaths per day in the state of Michigan. So right now, if you look at the total cases, Gretchen Whitmer's lying to you. You look at the deaths, Gretchen Whitmer is lying to you. And it's all right there on her government website. Hmm. Speaking of COVID, some new peer-reviewed studies have come out. Now, peer-reviewed is very confusing for the amoebas out there. Peer-reviewed is where we actually had a real study, not a preliminary lab result to see if we need to do a study, but a real study. And then we got results on that study. And then we had another lab, independent of ours, duplicate those results in their study, meaning that this is viable scientific information. We have a couple of those that I think that we need to go over. We'll talk about that next on 95.3 MNC. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Once again, I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I just want to take you a little bit back in time, October 9th of 2020. Now, from the very beginning, I have been telling you about the research on schools and COVID. Uh, the research originated in France because they were the first country when the outset of the, the outbreak happened. They were the first ones to realize that they didn't actually have a spread in schools and that kids were less likely to get the virus and less likely to spread the virus. They can get it. They certainly can spread it. Uh, it's just that they are doing so in much, much smaller amounts than anybody else. So France noticed that suburbs of Paris were not having any outbreaks at schools. Now, schools hadn't been closed at that time. And they couldn't figure out what was going on. So they actually started doing contact tracing really early in France in these suburbs. And they had, you know, a little over half a dozen schools that were involved in all of this. They ended up noticing that the, the support staff of the school, they had a higher rate of infection than the teachers. And the teachers had a much higher rate of infection than the kids because only a handful of kids in six schools actually had the virus. And they were able to trace every single one of these cases to outside of the school, every single one. And again, they did this for a little over half a dozen schools. So France, early on, they, they were saying, we're not sure that schools are a big issue. And more and more research in Europe showed the same thing, which is why a lot of European countries didn't stop 
schools. They, they kept the schools open because schools were not spreading the virus. Can it happen? Sure. Are there a few cases here and there? Absolutely. Most of the cases that involve or students at the school do not originate at the school. They originate at home and then they tend to not spread while at school, according to the data. Now, we go back to October 9th, The Atlantic. Very left-wing paper. Schools aren't super spreaders. Fears from the summer appear to have been overblown. Now, that is October 9th. I'm not going to go into it. Uh, they mention Indiana specifically in this article, and they go over how Indiana is not having any major issues. Um, and I did watch a couple of people try to uh, fear porn the, the Indiana school numbers, but if you're at all a logical person, you'll take a step back and you'll go, okay, uh, a couple of thousand kids have tested positive for the virus in out of how many total students? And you start looking at that. Plus, you have to look at where the virus originated from. So, yes, kids can get it. And they just, it's not a thing for them. The vast majority of the time, kids just don't even really notice the virus. So, that was October 9th. All right. Just wanted to give you that. I'll put it in the daily show prep for everybody. So, now we, we fast forward just a little bit. Okay. A uh, study came out that said uh, closing schools in response to COVID delayed immunity. This is the 16th. Delayed herd immunity and will increase overall deaths, according to new research. Okay. Uh, which I've been telling you for a long time. Now, this is published in the British Medical Journal. It found that closing of schools in response to the coronavirus could actually increase the overall deaths resulting from the disease. Now, that was the uh, University of Edinburgh study that I told you about. So, again, University of Edinburgh, they had that study. They also said lockdowns were going to cause an increase in death overall, and it's going to actually cause more people to die than have been saved from the lockdowns. Um, just as an aside, the second largest county in Wisconsin has had a 100% increase in suicides. So now, let's take a look at NPR. Noted right-wing rag NPR. Are the risks of reopening schools exaggerated? And this is from today. Despite widespread concerns, two new international studies show no consistent relationship between in-person K-12 schooling and the spread of the coronavirus. A third study from the United States shows no elevated risk to child care workers who stayed on the job. Combined, combined with anecdotal reports from a number of U.S. states where schools are open, as well as the crowdsourced dashboard of around 2,000 U.S. schools, some medical experts are saying it's time to shift the discussion from the risks of opening K-12 schools to the risks of keeping them closed. Right, is right wing, right wing, wing, right wing rag. I don't usually say that. I guess the liberals practice. Noted right-wing publication, NPR. There you go. Now, let's move on to NPR again, shall we? Studies point to big drop in COVID-19 death rates. Hey, 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 Joe, who has been saying that for a couple of months now? His name rhymes with Casey. Two new peer-reviewed studies are showing a sharp drop in mortality among hospitals COVID-19 patients. The drop is seen in all groups, including older patients and those with underlying conditions, suggesting that physicians are getting better at helping patients survive their illness. 
we find that the death rate has gone down substantially. Hmm. That's New York University Grossman School of Medicine, an author of one of the studies who took looked at thousands of patients from March to August. The study, which was of a single health system, finds the mortality has dropped among hospitalized patients by 18 percentage points since the pandemic began. Patients in the study had a 25.6% chance of dying at the start of the pandemic. They now have a 7.6% chance. Now, we're just talking about people who get to the point where they need to be hospitalized. At the beginning of the pandemic, over a quarter of the people who got hospitalized died. Now, it's just over 7.5%. That is a huge improvement. Now, again, that is just hospitalization cases. It has nothing to do with everything else. Now, this is stuff that the public deserves to know and be told on a regular basis. Because what we find out from all of these experts who keep saying uh, the governments are doing a terrible job of informing the public, and that's part because the government doesn't want to inform the public. The government wants everybody afraid because then people will do what the government wants them to do uh, to hopefully stop the spread of the virus. Now, then you have people who find out that they're being lied to, and they do what ended up happening to all of the, the dare against drugs kids did. The moment you grew up and you found out they were lying to you about pot, you smoked pot. And then everybody's going, I don't understand what happened. We spent all this money on dare. Yeah, but you didn't tell the kids the truth. And if you would have told them the truth, maybe things would have worked out a little bit differently. And now people are realizing that the government's been lying to them and inflating some of this stuff and fear-mongering some of this stuff. And the moment they find out and the moment they see that all of those measures that are supposed to be the way to win don't actually have a substantial effect, they revolt. We've got more coming up. News Talk 95.3 and his news channel. Thank you. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. do want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. Find them online at rbcarcompany.com. Don't forget, uh, we will have a debate watch party. That will be on Thursday. We'll do that. What, that's tomorrow? Is that tomorrow? I'm losing track of my week. Uh, so, yeah, tomorrow. That'll be on dlive.tv slash Casey, the host. If you are watching me on DLive and you haven't already hit that follow button, please do that, please. Uh, if you want to subscribe, you can also do that, but please hit that follow button. It's totally free. Doesn't uh, doesn't cost you a single thing. And if you're following me on YouTube or on Facebook or on Twitter, make sure you head over to the dlive.tv slash Casey, the host channel, and follow me over there because you're going to get much more content that way. Uh, Joe, is that audio good to go or no? All right. Can you go ahead and play that for me, please? Because people have been asking me to address this. That's a lot of death fuel, Mr. Your hard-earned money and your tax dollars to work. That stuff ain't happening with Kamala Biden. I'll tell you that right now. Biden. Okay. Um, did Joe Biden stop flyovers when he was vice president? No, no. Did Joe Biden do that in the 40-plus years that he was in politics? No, no, didn't do that. That's Troy Aikman, it's Joe Buck, and, and so Troy Aikman has come out now. He's tried to clarify his comments, all right? People have asked me to talk about this, but they also asked me a ton of time on it, so I'm not. 
Troy Aikman basically said that his issue with the flyover, he loves flyovers, he loves America and all of that, uh, but his issue with the flyover is that this is an empty stadium, you know, there's very few people that are there, what are you doing a flyover over the stadium for? Now, this is your, first of all, flyovers for a long time have been a, a bit of a source of controversy for the anti-military left out there. Um, they believe that they're expensive and it's a waste of taxpayer dollars and they don't really care about the taxpayer dollars. They're just saying that. Here's the thing about military flyovers. Military flyovers are actually training missions. Most, most civilians don't know this. There's a lot that goes into a military flyover and they are used as training missions for people who are on duty. So if you're going to plan a flyover, you've got to get your planning in place. You've got to get your logistics. You got to get the pilots in order. You got to coordinate everything. It is all designed and it turns it into an actual mission. Flyovers rarely cost the American taxpayer more money than they would have if they were flying a standard mission anyway. So this is, this is something that the military, by the way, has spent years trying to debunk. And they have spent a long time and a fair amount of effort trying to let people know what a flyover actually is. There is an ignorant impression among many civilians that a flyover is just a show, it's just pageantry, that sort of thing. But they are used as actual training missions. So whatever those mission parameters are, we often don't know, but they are used as an actual training mission and almost never cost the taxpayers extra money. Uh, moreover, the military is doing a bunch of flyovers now all across the country for the frontline COVID workers. And you know why they're doing it? They're doing it as a thank you to all those people who are putting themselves at risk in dealing with the virus on the front lines. There's not a lot of people who are doing that. Is that a waste? And I responded to Troy Aikman. I said, I don't doubt your patriotism, but there is a, a fundamental ignorance here that people don't understand what a flyover actually is. And perhaps it was wrong of so many of us to assume that a broadcaster who deals with flyovers every single day at their job would maybe have had that information. I suppose that's possible, but I wanted to pass it all on to you. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. There's also this report that uh, there is a report out of Florida that more than 40% of Florida's COVID-19 deaths may not merit that classification. Yeesh. There's been a bunch of stuff in Florida, obviously, uh, with the virus, but I, I, I don't have time to really dive into this report. Um, it is from the Florida House Investigators. And they have stressed that nearly 60% of the COVID-19 records classified by the Department of Health had errors or were recorded in a matter inconsistent with state and national guidance. That's not good. So, again, keep an eye on that stuff as more people still pretend that there isn't an overcount on COVID deaths. There certainly is. The question is to what extent. All right. Bill O'Reilly and the O'Reilly Updates coming up next. Glory to you and your neighborhood. Have a wonderful night.